How do you entertain an office full of people with board games? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to. This week, we're talking about what happens when Snakes and Lattes makes a house call. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast, everyone. This week, I'm joined by Todd Campbell. Hi there. And by the founder of Snakes on the Go, Mr. Steve Tessie. Hello. We did an episode about big groups recently, but that was mostly about families. This is different. This is about sort of a, a, an office type situation, you know, professional groups or uh, clubs or societies, you know, this sort of a thing. Steve, can you sort of bring us in here, tell us a little bit about the uh, the origin story of Snakes on the Go? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually thought up the idea before I was working at Snakes. I had this idea to do... Um, the board game equivalent of like a candle party or a Tupperware party where <laughs> I would go to a person's house. They would invite their friends and or family over and I would show off a variety of games, which they would then uh, order uh, if they enjoyed them. Uh, and then I started working at Snakes and... And people started coming to you. To and, and people started, uh, yeah, uh, there were groups that were just too big for us to handle at the cafe. In our early days, we were very, very small. So we sat about 45 to 60 people and that was really pushing the law there. Yeah, we, um, we had one table at the back that could have more than four people at yeah. it. Table 17 <laughs> with all the couches around it. And so, I remember table 17. <laughs> so I pitched the idea to Ben, the owner, and said, not the full idea of you know trying to do the ordering and whatnot, but just the idea of large groups, we come to you. In the very early days, we also attempted to do catering for these, but... Um, while the food at Snakes is good and, and enjoyable, um, catering is a very different animal from what we are, are skilled at. And that was something that we let go um, fairly early on in the idea. But The logistics are just yeah, so yeah, different. It's, right? And, you know, frankly, an office full of people can order... Uh, a bunch of sandwiches from Subway or a pizza or something a lot easier than they can from someone trying to do professional grade catering. So we just let that go and stuck to the board game catering, which is what we're good at. So, and who is it that's contacting you for, for these events? Are they mostly corporations or? It's actually a mix. Uh, we have done a number of corporate gigs, um, banks, law firms, um, Software development companies have hired us, uh, but we also do private birthday parties. I've done kids' parties. I've mm-hmm. done adult parties. Uh, we've been contacted by fundraising uh, organizations. There's a, a group called uh, Help Lusutu, uh, which raises money to uh, do women's health and sexual uh, awareness uh, fundraising for the people of Lesotho, a very small, very poor country in Africa who has more AIDS than any other country per capita on mm-hmm. earth. Um, so really good cause. And we've done a few events with them. Um, we did a wedding. We, uh, <laughs> really? we, we were the entertainment at a, uh, at a wedding reception. Best couple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's all over the map. Um, but I would say the, the biggest portion of our clients would be corporate clients yeah right right. and what size uh, like how many people um we've done anywhere from uh about a dozen up to i 
think 80 was the biggest. Mm-hmm. 80 people. Yeah. Yeah. Most most of the events that we do are around the 30 or 40 people uh, level, but we have occasionally had larger events. And the more the more people that you're going to have, the more gurus you would send and the more Oh yeah. You would yeah, send. absolutely. The, the bigger the group, the harder it is for a single guru to handle all the demand Mm -hmm. uh, and the more games will be required so not just because there'll be more people to play games but there's going to be more people to uh, appease so therefore a wider selection is needed to make sure that we can provide everybody with something they're going to enjoy right right well the cafe is a fairly controlled environment i mean we know what's going to be happening there we know what the noise level is going to be like we've got control of the tables and the chairs what sort of challenges do you face going into some of these sorts of environments i mean Obviously, if somebody, some listener out there wants to do something for their office, sure, uh, it'd be pretty helpful for them to know what some of the things that might come up there, some curveballs that are yeah. going to be thrown. Well, um, table space is the number one because you never know exactly what sort of table arrangements you're going to have. We've been uh, in hotel ballrooms where it's a bunch of giant round tables that you can sit twelve people at, but the game <laughs> is in the center of the table and everyone feels like they're a mile away from it. Um, I've done things in somebody's living room. Um, or again, table space is at a premium. Um, a lot of corporations will have boardrooms and those are great, except when they're those really technologically apt boardrooms that have microphones and things built right into the center of the table. Cause well, that's where the game goes, guys. I can't, can we move the cup holders? Yeah. Uh, so it's mostly environmental, uh, in that respect, how many chairs, how many tables, what sort of tables, what arrangements can we make? Because I've been to some events where it's been a room full of lots of tables, and it's great. What configuration am I going to use? Uh, and and those are really easy to deal with. And then there are others where it's like, well, this this is exactly what I have. I can't change this in any way. <laughs> well, this will be interesting. <laughs> so, Steve, when you're choosing what games you're going to bring, what... Um... How how are those cho- choices made from the thousands of games that we have at Snakes? Well, uh, I always consult with the customers. Um, mm-hmm. I first off, I let I ask them what kind of event they're having because sometimes it's a purely social event. It's some sort of reward for the you know, the staff. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's a team building event. It's <laughs> now time for corporate speak, and we are going to you know synergize the this and the that. And uh, <laughs> what sort and, of games do you bring up for different kinds mm-hmm. of events? Well, um, for social events, I just generally will bring us a, a selection of our hottest titles, the the stuff that we're really excited about. At the so, cafe. Cards Against Humanity. Uh, that <laughs> doesn't always make the cut, and uh, some companies don't want that kind of game I can't at their imagine event. Why. <laughs> uh, some do. Some are some are thrilled about it. There have been Snakes on the Go events where people have been pissed off that I haven't brought it, um, <laughs> but I get to push the the blame for that one. I said, well, the the people who organize the event specifically asked that I not bring it. Um, and then there have been ones where I have brought it and I'm like, wow, I wish I'd brought three or four copies because then I could just sit here all night and not do any work and everyone else would be <laughs> fine playing that. Um, for team building stuff, uh, a lot of the co-op games. Um, cause, but it also depends because people in the corporate world have a very different idea of what team building is. It's... They they don't always think team building means getting everybody working together. What do they think it means, Steve? 
I don't know. I'm not a corporate person, but there have been events where they have said it's a team building uh, day and all they want is competitive stuff. Um, and well, are you going to bring them diplomacy, intrigue, yeah. lifeboats? <laughs> so uh, I will consult with the client as well. So like, not only will they tell me what type of event they want to have, but I will talk with them about how well do you know your people? Do you have hobby gamers? Do you have people who already know this stuff? Do you have anyone who's made a request for a specific <laughs> game? Because that happens all the time. Someone will be like, oh yeah, we definitely want Scrabble. Or uh, Tony in marketing, he wants Settlers. He said, get Settlers. I don't know what this thing is, but bring it if you have it. <laughs> um, so I always, there's always back and forth with uh, with the customers. Sometimes the customers just like, hey, yeah, bring whatever. We'll play it, whatever. Uh, so then... I resort to, well, what's the stuff that I've had success with at these sorts of events in the past? What are the games that um, we are just excited about at the cafe? So if somebody's going to put on an event for their office or for a large group like this, and for whatever reason, their guests are being either recalcitrant or not very forthcoming with information, what are some safe choices you can offer them? Uh, well, uh, a lot of our breadstick games that we have at the cafe, so the stuff that's really simple, Anomia and uh, Spot It and Ghost Splits, these are games that are a piece of cake to break out and teach to pretty much anybody. Um, beyond that, I make sure I bring a couple of party games, uh, so stuff like if if they're not off-put by the theme, I'll bring Cards Against Humanity. If they are, I'll bring Apples to Apples, mm-hmm. I bring Snake Oil. Uh, I'll bring Game of Things, maybe say anything. Um, Taboo is always popular. Concept? Uh, I haven't taken concept to anything yet, uh, but uh, it's certainly not one that I'm opposed to taking. I do love it. Uh, It's just it hasn't. What about more family games, things like Splendor or Ticket to Ride? Uh, Ticket to Ride does go to some of these events. Um, Sometimes it's requested. Other times it's like, I'm taking a variety. I'm giving them a little slice of everything the cafe does. And that would definitely be one of them. Now, I'm sure at a lot of these events, most of the people are not gamers. So what do you do to get them involved, to keep them happy and interested? Well, that depends. Um, Some people are just not going to be happy and interested. <laughs> uh, and that's that's a shame. That's their problem. Yeah. Um, at the cafe, everyone has made that effort to leave their homes. They, they've put on some pants. They've gone out the door. <laughs> they've come to us. They know what we do. So even those people who have said, yeah, I don't really play games, mm-hmm. they've made the choice to come to us, which means we're going to be able to find something for them. Right. These Snakes on the Go events, especially when it's the corporate team building event, you will attend this. Um, (laughs) There are people who couldn't care less about what's going on and don't want to be there. Um, And for them, it's the light, super competitive stuff that will usually hook them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like Spot It and Go Splits and... um, Click clack lumberjack stuff that anybody can can learn mm-hmm. uh, and gets people. Ooh, that's my card. I want that. Uh, that tends to hook even the most reluctant participant. So, is there a format that you use when you get to these events? Like, do you 
Do you split people into teams? Do you have anything? Depends. Uh, sometimes the client will have requested that we do a tournament format. And mm -hmm. my usual format for that is sort of a board game Olympics where uh, I'll have them split people into teams ahead of time. Saves me the work. Right. Um, <laughs> and whether it's drawing lots or whether they assign a team captain who picks teams, I don't really care. They just mm -hmm. teams. Um, and it's very much like the Olympics. So if, you know, Bob and Ted and Susie are on a team, they are Canada and they will send their people to compete in different events. So you know, Bob will go and play Settlers, Susie will go and play Anomia, uh, and Ted will play, um, you know, Cards Against Humanity, whatever. Uh, and if they win, they'll be competing against members of the other teams. And so if they win, they get points for their team. And then at the end of the event, the team that has the overall best score is the winner. So, does that go over well? Yeah, it does. Uh, it uh, tends to be... It, it was a little rough in the early stages figuring out just... Is it just simply one point for a victory regardless of the game? Or do you use their score in the game as you know, the number of points that they got or what, what works best for that. Um, I find that what works best really is keep it simple. You won a game, you get a point. And the reason is sure. A bunch of people could play a number of rounds of Anomia in the same time it takes to play one game of settlers. But the fact is that all the teams have sent one person to go play settlers. Right. So the fact that those four competitors are engaged in a longer game is mitigated by the fact that so is everybody else's team. Uh, everybody is engaged in that same game. Even I suppose though you could mitigate that by saying, well, if Settlers takes four times as long, then a victory at the Settlers table is worth four points for your team. You could do that. I find it's not worth it. Because okay. um, mo most of the people who ask for a tournament don't know enough about games to care that <laughs> this is a game that should be worth more. Winning at this one's harder and more or impressive. Or, or even just more time-consuming. So really... I tried a bunch of different... I tried that. I tried just... Your score in the game is the score added to your team score. But again, that wasn't fair because, hey, I scored six points in Settlers and came in second. But you scored 25 points in Anomia and came in third. You know, it's like... it's Simple as best. Yeah, simple as best in this sort of situation. As a guru, what's, what's the difference between the experience for you teaching games at the cafe versus teaching at one of these events? Um, what I like about these events is, uh, the crowd is smaller because no matter how many people are at the event, I typically only need to worry about 20 people at a time. Uh, because if it's a 20 person event, it gets one guru. That's me. Mm -hmm. If it's a 40 person event, it's going to get two gurus. I still only have to deal with 20 of those people. Um, <laughs> uh, so when I'm the only guru on the floor at the cafe, there are, it's potentially a hundred people that I'm having to go from table to table doing recommendations and doing teaches. And, hey, I'm recommending you breadstick games. Why the heck didn't your server do that before they asked me <laughs> to talk to you? Uh, whereas at these events, uh, even though it's more focused, it's also more laid back at the same time because you know I'm teaching a game of uh, Anomia to six people. That's a quarter of the customers that I have to satisfy. Boom, done. Took me three minutes and 25% of everybody at the event is covered now. Mm -hmm. I then go and teach 
uh, you know, spot it to another eight people and I'm already half done for the next 30 minutes or even more because some of these people will get into these games and want to play them over and over again. Any other sort of unexpected things come up that you've had to deal with? People would be glad to be warned about. Um, there are those players who are ultra competitive. Mm. There are those people who don't want to accept defeat at anything. And they will, um, they will try to bully other people into letting them have the win. Um, these are people I like to call douchebags. It's <laughs> um, a fairly good technical term. Yeah. yeah. Um, every every office is going to have a couple of these guys, and it's usually guys. Although there are some women out there who get super cutthroat. The guys usually tend to be the ones who are more aggressive about. Uh, you know, that wasn't stipulated beforehand, so I want these points, even though what happened, they shouldn't have those points. Like they 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 tend to rules lawyer more than even the most cutthroat uh, female attendees. Um, How and, do you deal with that? Well, um, what I tend to do is I put on my big I'm the boss hat and uh, <laughs> I just, I will make a call. I will appear to be as um, impartial as I can and just go by the rules of the game and say, nope, or sometimes, yep, got to give it to this guy. That's the biggest challenge, I think, is those people who are getting too into it and being jerky about it. Well, that's it for the Snakes cast this week. Steve, if somebody wants to have a Snakes on the Go event at their place, what do they have to do? Well, uh, go to www.snakesandlattes.com and click the SOTG button, Snakes on the Go. That will take you to an automated form where you can tell us the date, how many people, how long the event is, location, and a variety of other pieces of information that we will use to generate a, uh, a pricing quote, which we will then send off to you, and you can decide whether you wish to do it. Well, I hope this episode's been helpful for those of you who want to set up big events at your own place if you can't actually get a snake to come all the way to your city. If there's a topic that you'd like to hear, something you'd like to see the gurus do their voodoo with, tweet it to us at SnakesCast and keep listening on the last Tuesday of every month. Music for the SnakesCast is provided by Ben Sound. The show is produced by P.T. Douglas. The opinions expressed on this show come from the people in it, not the company behind it. Special thanks to Steve Tassie. Hello. Thank you, Todd goodbye. Campbell. See ya. <laughs> see you next week, everyone. Game on. Game on.